It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time to have a hard conversation about where the Reds are right now and where they go from here. Jeff and I are going to set up the September push on today's Locked On Reds. Let's go. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. We encourage you, if you're listening, hit us up on Twitter, or if you're watching here on YouTube, drop down into our comments section. Leave us a thought. Let us know if you're an everydayer or if you're new to the channel. Uh, thanks for stopping by. We love talking Reds baseball and we want to talk Reds baseball with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And this season, every day, it's been fun. It's felt like a roller coaster. And here recently, we've been on the downslope. And there's been a couple of developments here recently that have made us think. Where are we going with all of this? We're going to dive into what the injury to Matt McLean means to this team and the overall fatigue factor that is settling in on multiple nights, uh, kind of like what we saw on Monday night. We're also going to talk about a change in philosophy for the hitting and why it's really kind of hurt things. And also later on, what if all of this comes crashing down? How do we assess this season? That's what we're getting into on today's Lockdown Reds. Thanks for making us part of your day. Today's episode is brought to you, of course, by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to a 100 times payout for your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit as well. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And Steve, the Reds really got some bad news yesterday. And sure, the loss is pretty bad, but Matt McClain going on the injured list, that that's that's some that's a that's a gut punch right there. Well, especially since you and I spent a considerable amount of time last week talking about him being the the heart and engine of this lineup and the guy that we wanted to have out there every single game doing all of the things. Yeah, this is a this is a huge blow, Jeff. And uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head all the way around it because I'm, I'm a little frustrated. I'm frustrated with the Cincinnati Reds medical staff. I'm frustrated with the way these player injuries are handled and I'm starting to question in my mind what the culture is in the clubhouse that these players continue to hide injury that ultimately end up being detrimental to the team. And it keeps happening. It keeps happening time and time and time again. And for, for this particular injury to come to Matt McLean right now, uh, you know, we're going to get into it a little bit later, but it's, it's a derailing is what it is. It's deflating. It's derailing. Uh, you know, you and I take a lot of heat for always trying to bring the optimism and always trying to bring the positivity and never calling things out like people really want us to. And, 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 you know, that's a conscious decision that you and I have made to not be Mr. Shout at the clouds all the time. Uh, but I, I get why people are upset right now. And just because 
we haven't been that way doesn't mean we've been oblivious. And I think that we're moving into territory where we really need to start calling some of these things out. And I'm starting right now calling out the way that the injuries have been handled. Uh, this is this is a huge blow. Yeah, I, I, I think that this was kind of the straw that broke the optimistic camels back for me on Monday, seeing this and look, I get it. It, it. It's like you're playing a game of cards and everything is stacked against the reds at this point. I mean, you're seeing fatigue all over the place. You saw a very tired Andrew rabbit. And I know we're, we're going to get into a clip that he had of the post game where he said, I'm not tired as I'm fatigue is not a factor at all. It absolutely is. It is for every single guy on this team. They, they are all going through the furthest point in the most stressful year that they've ever experienced as a baseball player, bar none. There's literally nobody on this team that has gotten to the point where they say, yeah, we've been here before because they're all either rookies or second years or third year guys. Like Joey Votto is the only guy that doesn't fit that description. He's on the injured list right now. Matt McClain going on the injured list. <sighs> I, I, I stopped short of saying it's a backbreaker because I think it's overrated to call a team done for the year. I've seen so many tweets about it. I've seen so many messages about it. You guys can continue to do that. I'm going to wait until we get to the point where it's just, there's nothing left to give. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Steve. Maybe, maybe you want to do that. No, it, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it, it's like this though. It, it's time to, to have some, some realistic takes some realistic expectations. Yeah. Uh, the Reds are not going to win the division. They're no. seven games back of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I've seen I've seen the tweets out there. I've seen the comments. I've seen it in the Discord. Do we root for the Cubs? Do we root for the Brewers? Who should we be cheering for? for the Brewers. You should be rooting for the Brewers. You should be pulling for the Brewers anytime they're playing anybody that's ahead of the Reds in the division. They have won nine games in a row. And by the way, when can we ever just get a normal end of a season where somebody in this division doesn't win every doggone game over the course of August and September? It's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. But the, Brewer, the Brewers have won nine games in a row. They have a seven-game lead. It's not insurmountable, but it's pretty unreachable. unreachable. With that being said, Jeff, I am pulling for the Brewers anytime they're playing somebody that them beating benefits the Reds and then With, hoping yes. the Reds get into the wild card. And that's where it's at now because they're only a game and a half back still after all of this, after all of the injuries and all of the meltdowns and all of the offers and all of the misguided hopes of return from injury in the pitching staff, they're still just a game and a half back in the wild card. That's very obtainable. That's one series that can change in one series i'm, I'm pulling yes. for the wild card at this point yeah and i think that's what we should be looking at here because let's be honest the reds have a tall task on their hands filling in for matt mcclain let's uh so he talked to reporters uh on uh yesterday uh, about this injury and this is kind of what he had to say about it I've been feeling it for a little bit, and over the last couple of days, it just got bad. <clears throat> like taking pitches, swinging through pitches. When I made good contact, it didn't hurt that bad. Um, but taking pitches and swinging through pitches hurt. I just got the MRI at like 12 today, so they just got it back, and we're still sorting things out. They're deciding between one and two. It was just like over the last couple series, it's been bad. And then it got to the point where it's like, can't swing. Two things there. You heard 
that it's been a couple of weeks that he's been dealing with this. It's interesting to note that through those couple of weeks, he was still hitting homers. There was that game in Arizona where he made two errors and everybody was just like, what's going on here? Apparently he was fighting through injury. And, but the other thing for me, and this is something I want you to expound upon is that they said they're deciding between one and two. What he meant there was they're deciding between whether the strain is a grade one strain or a grade two strain. And one of those is not like the other. No, let's, let's break this down just a little bit. First of all, when you're talking about a strain, a sprain, all of these things are tears. It's all about Mm -hmm. degree. So grade one is considered to be a, a mild tear, a mild loss of use. Uh, Basically, the great school of thought there is less than 5% loss of function in a grade one, very mild, takes a little bit to heal. You can even power through it. So this injury may in fact have started as a grade one sprain strain from Matt McClain. And he's continued to push through and not tell anybody and exacerbated the situation because when you reach level two, level two is anything less than 50%. So greater than five, less than 50 and, and it's two. And this is in a three grade scale. So it's the moderate level. Uh, the only difference between one and two can be very minimal or it can be very great because once you reach three, three is the worst case scenario. I'm glad that they're not talking about it because that's a full tear. That's a complete separation of a muscle. That's a complete greater than 50% loss of function. So I have a feeling that we're trying to decide if it's grade one or grade two means that it's grade two, because I think that imaging would have been pretty clear that it was just a mild sprain when they did the imaging. Uh, This could be a big deal. This, this could potentially be the end of the season for Matt McClain. Yeah. If it's a grade two, I don't expect him to be back. And I'm a little bit concerned that he was talking about, you know, he got to the point where he couldn't swing a bat. And that sounds kind of like what you were laying out as grade two. I I don't know. I don't want to put anything out there. That's not true. That's just me speculating. So we'll see exactly what the report is. Hopefully because TJ Friedel went through this earlier in the season and it was a grade one and he was on the injury list for 10 days and he came right back. So hopefully that's what we're talking about because if we're talking about him missing the rest of the season, that's going to be a very hard thing for this team to fill. There's a couple of things that they can do. And there's also a couple of things that are on top of this that it's like, okay, in a vacuum, Matt McClain being hurt isn't super detrimental to this team because they've got a lot of talent. It's just everything else that's adding on top of this, which is kind of adding to our consternation as Reds fans, which we'll get into here in a minute. Yeah, it's it's more than, you know, you can survive losing a pitcher. You can survive losing a couple pitchers. You can survive losing a hitter. You can survive losing a couple hitters. But when you lose, when you lose Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green, when you lose Jake Fraley and Jonathan India, when you lose all of those guys all at the same time, Joey Votto, or, yeah. and having Joey Votto out, it all becomes cumulative. And now, you know, other guys start pressing. And I know you're going to get into this a little bit later in the show about changes in the way people are behaving and performing and and a philosophy shift. Uh, A lot of that has to do with, I think this cumulative effect of injury. You opened this segment talking about fatigue. 
And I think that's another big part of this because the guys that are left have been asked to do things they've never done before in their professional careers. And I think it's taking a toll. I think we, uh, the prime example of the fatigue and the toll that it's taking is Andrew Abbott and what we've seen from him in several starts now and how he's performing. Yeah. And I found it intriguing. Um, he was asked that directly after the start and he only pitched three and a third innings. He threw over 80 pitches in that three and a third innings really labored through it. He was lucky to get out of there only allowing three runs. So the question was asked is fatigue a factor for you? No, I feel great. Um, like I said, it's just execution and all about perspective for me. You know, it's all about location. I've always, I've always been, been accustomed to telling that, you know, whether I locate or my good games or when I locate well, and then my bad games have been when I don't locate, get in deep counts and walk, walk guys. And then teams take advantage of that here in MLB. So just minimizing that and, and trying to stay uh, positive through it all and stay, stick to routine and be ready to go five days out. This it's is all about location. He's not locating because he's lacking command right now and he's lacking command because his arm is tired. I don't know what he was supposed to say there. And I mean, you know, you have to ask, he's not going to say, he's not going to say, he's not going to tell you it's not going to happen. He's tired, Jeff, Jeff, he is tired. And you know, this is the part where they have to, to figure out how to muscle through it and how to, to build upon it. And they just quite frankly, don't have the experience or the innings under their belt to do that. And it's showing right now. Yeah, and I appreciate this was something, and I tweeted out the quote that uh, Jeff Brantley said on the television broadcast last night that he was talking about. He's like, you know, kids coming up through the minor leagues are not taught to pitch exhausted. They're, they're you know, not coddled because coddled makes it sound like it's a bad plan. Literally every team does this. They develop their pitchers. They have a workout plan for them, a conditioning plan, and part of that plan is they only pitch so much. They only have so many innings. They only have so many pitches that they throw in a given year. And then when they get to the major leagues, it's like, can you stick? Okay, you can stick. Okay, you're going to pitch a full major league slate. And they're just not used to that. And now Andrew Abbott is learning how to get used to that. It is an interesting thing. And and, and Jeff Brantley kind of said, he's like, I think it might be kind of flawed because now you see you get a guy here. It's very obvious. This dude could be your ace but he's hitting a wall that was inevitable. It was coming. They were not avoiding it. There was no scenario where Andrew Abbott was just going to keep pitching as if he's the energizer bunny. And there's no such thing as fatigue. He is tired at this moment. And it is totally understandable for him to be tired. And now it's, what do you do when you start the game at less than 100% energy? Yeah, there's a lot for him to learn. This is what I know, Jeff. The rest of the way, as we move through the end of this 2023 season, it's time for us to be realistic about what can and cannot happen with the Reds for the remainder of this season. Uh, But listen, earlier on, Jeff, the Reds were going off. They were were just, you know, laying down the law and taking names. Uh, But recently... They've fallen flat. Coming up, we're going to discuss whether or not the philosophy of the hitters at the plate for the Reds has changed somewhere along the way. 
Before I get into any of that, though, I want to shout out the sponsor of today's podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app in the App Store, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is now offering up to a 100 times payout for up to eight pick contests. Choose as many as eight players that you like and pick more or less on your favorite baseball statistics like home runs, strikeouts, outs, hits, and so much more. Get your picks right and you could win big. You think Spencer Steer is going to bang a big home run? We'll smash more on homers. You think Ellie is going to run? We know he's going to run when he's on base. Smash more on the steals. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also have safe and fast withdrawals, so you know you're going to get paid when you win. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Remember, if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word Reds. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on the next episode of Locked on Reds. Well, we're going to take a look back at what ended up being a very quiet trade deadline for the Reds and reassess. Was it correct to stand pat? I know that's going to be a lively conversation between me and Jeff because I don't think that we agree on this. All right, Jeff. Let's talk about the hitting philosophy because there's definitely a different look and feel to this team and their bats. If you go back pre, let's say pre all-star break, it seemed like there was more aggression. It seemed like the hitters were on the attack. It seemed like that, especially the young guys were really just out there to, to, to prove they belong and to make a name for themselves. But more recently, I don't know if it's, being overly patient i don't know if it's being on the defensive i don't know if it's just this fatigue factor that we've been talking about but the at-bats have looked different no i agree and i think that this team was much better when they were attacking pitches early in the game early in the count when they were going up there with the express idea that i'm gonna get a hit now, that's not to say go up there free swinging, not caring about where the pitches are. It's just if the pitch is in the zone, you're going after it. Here recently, during the Arizona series, and especially on Monday against Kyle Harrison, really felt like the mandate was to go up there and run that pitch count up. Work a walk if you can, but definitely run that pitch count up. See as many as you can. There were so many cases where that looked like it was the case. Guys were leaving their bat on the shoulder. They see strike one, they see strike two. It's 0-2 now. They've got to swing defensively. And in fact, this got Ellie a couple of different times because Kyle Harrison had two pitches. Kyle Harrison was dominating with those two pitches. Mainly, he was only throwing his fastball, and he was filling up the zone, filling up the strike zone with that fastball. And guys were leaving their bats on the shoulders because it was like, man, we're, we're trying to work the count here. And this dude is just putting it right down the middle, like come and get it. You're not going to hit it or you're not even going to swing at it for some reason, because that's what it seems like you're doing. They need to get back to where they were aggressive early on in the count. And the reason that I say this is from May 1st through June 30th, Steve, the Reds averaged 5.3 runs per game. They were a good team. I mean, you know, they were winning a lot of games from 
July 1st through yesterday, they're averaging four and a half runs per game. Almost a full run less per game. And a lot of that is, okay, sure, late in the game, they can do this whole rally thing. It's kind of fun. But they're putting themselves in those situations to start because of this this seemingly changed philosophy. Yeah, I think there is definitely enough information here to support what you're saying. I I would throw one little piece of caution in there and say that one of the things that we didn't account for in this and one of the things not accounted for in these statistics, Jeff, is that the league adjusts as well, right? So when you go back to the beginning of that sample size, a, a lot of the pitchers had not seen a lot of these players, we just kept bringing up rookie after rookie after rookie that these guys really had never pitched to. There wasn't a lot of film on, uh, or at least at the major league level. I think the leaves a league has adjusted some that being said though, between the injuries and the fatigue uh, and it just really, I, I think you're right. It looks like that maybe somewhere along the way, the hitting coaches and, and David bell and, and the, the staff as a whole have, have told these hitters they need to work more counts. They need to get in to the opposing bullpen. They need to stop letting starters go six and seven innings against them. Uh, but I think you hit the nail on the head. That doesn't work when you have guys like Ellie De La Cruz up there taking pitches that end up, as Cowboy would say, right down Broadway. He's not going to get many of those. And if he takes it, if he misses it, that may have been his one opportunity for a big hit in that at bat. You know, they're not going to make very many mistakes against him. So, so yeah, I think there is some some sound reason behind this. And I think it's interesting to note too, because I threw those you know runs per game stats at you from August first. So just looking at August as a whole, from August first to now, for the first five innings of every game since August first, the Reds are hitting two eleven which is worse than Major League Baseball. They're worse than even the Yankees, and the Yankees have been bad. They also have struck out 130 times in the first five innings since August 1st, so the month of August. Fifth most in Major League Baseball. So not only are they not working counts, they're not getting hits because these strikes are just getting poured through the zone and they're striking out. So the outs that they make are unproductive outs. So if anyone's on base to begin with, they're not moving. It's it's a lot of, I don't know, like I, I almost kind of feel like they over adjusted a little bit because yes you're right the league adjusted to them probably stopped throwing them first pitch strikes things like that so they had to adjust to that now they they've got to the point where it's like they go up there they step in the batter's box here we go mm. all right that's one pitch <laughs> two pit oh it's oh two crap i gotta swing defensively oh boy and, and, and look you mentioned ellie ellie should never look at a fastball that's in a strike zone. Now, maybe he's looking for a curveball. Maybe he's looking for a slider. But if there's a fastball that's coming at him, and maybe he just can't recognize the spin or something, but if there's a fastball in the strike zone, dude needs to be swinging at it because dude can kill a fastball. We know that. And in CES as well. These two dudes can absolutely murder a fastball. And I've seen way too many at-bats. But a fastball, it's not that it snuck into the zone. The fastball's in the middle of the zone. Or, you know, maybe it's middle low or middle high. But it's to a point that you're like, I think if he were looking for that, he'd probably been able to clobber it. 
but it's almost as if they've been told don't look for fastballs at all. So maybe now they need to readjust back to that because they're getting some pitches they can hit that they're just waving by. Yeah. And I don't want, I don't want everybody to think that you and I are like, we're just giving up. We're done. It's terrible. (laughs) You know, that's not what we're doing. There's, there's still a lot of reasons to be optimistic. There's still a lot of opportunity here. I said it, they're only a game and a half back of the wild card. But if they're going to compete for that wild card, uh, they really have used up their margin of error. And, and the hitters, the hitters are where it's at. Because, listen, Sandy Koufax is not walking through that door. Jose Rio is not strapping on a jersey and going to start tomorrow. Uh, the pitching is in trouble and it is tired. The only way to overcome that is to score a lot of runs. And, yep. and they're not doing that right now. Yeah, and they, I mean, they did have a game where they scored eight runs and they gave up 10 to the Diamondbacks, so that kind of kind of hurt them there. But yeah, for the most part, the lineup really has to drive this engine because think about what this philosophy that they currently have does. The whole be patient early on, try to work the counts, don't really be that aggressive. Well, when they do like they did on Monday and they're constantly striking out, not getting guys on base, all this other stuff, it then adds to the tension of every at bat as the game goes along. It forces whoever's on the mound, whether it be Andrew Abbott, whether it be a tired pitcher, whether it be somebody from the bullpen, it forces high stress pitching from that guy. And then it just overall leads to less scoring. As we've seen May 1st, June 30th, they had a run more per game than we've seen since the beginning of July to now. So there's a lot of this patience thing that I think has almost sapped the energy of the team. And sure, there could be fatigue that is playing a factor in the batting as well. It's not as if only pitchers get tired. But at the end of the day, it feels like this whole mentality of let's work the count is now working against them. No, I I think you're absolutely right. Look, as I've said, I I think the pitching is in trouble. I think the the rotation is tired. The bullpen is tired. Uh, They have to score a lot of runs. They don't have anything to lose at this point. If they're going to scrap their way back into this, that's exactly what they're going to have to do is scrap. The hitters need to be more aggressive. They need to be more aggressive early. And and really, between now and the end of the season, I'm not worried about strikeout totals. I'm not worried about how many walks anybody gets. Go up there, take your hacks, and try and score some runs. Yep. Go up there and get some hits. You're right. And and you know what? This team was better when they were scrappy. Let's get back to being scrappy. I, I, I like that. But we need to start this conversation. We need to ask the question. So what of it? If the Reds don't make the playoffs, what of it? We'll discuss that coming up next. Before we do, remember that if you can't be at the ballpark, you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search the word Reds. You can also follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much. Make sure that you subscribe and click that bell to get notified. Um, We've also got a great community that's on Discord. There's a link down in the description of this episode. We'd love to have you join. Uh, We talk Reds all day, every day. A lot of great folks on there talking Reds baseball. Um, I did see a Bengals-Steelers conversation in the chat. I don't know why that happened. There's a Bengals channel. We have created a Bengals channel. Yeah, this was happening in the general chat. I was like, whoa. 
people who, don't follow uh, the rules. Who invited Steelers fans? Whatever. This is a Reds chat. Um, but yes, um, join the Lockdown Reds Discord page. A lot of great people in there. Um, all right, Steve, let's, let's begin a conversation. Th- this is something that we're going to talk about over the course of the season uh, as we've got now five, four and a half weeks left of the year. It's crazy to think that we've gotten to this point. I mean, the season's almost over. Um, and as we go through the offseason, but if the Reds don't make the playoffs in the year of our Lord, 2023, is this season a failure? It's an abject failure. It's a complete and total failure if the Reds don't make the playoffs. The whole goal of playing 162 games is to make the playoffs. Multiple things can be true, though, however, Jeff. Is it a failure? Yes. Does it mean that the season was unsuccessful? Yeah, it does. They didn't make the playoffs. They failed. But there's other metrics to measure by. Was the player development on point? They have far exceeded anything we expected in player development this year. Was Nick Kroll successful in the continued implementation of his plan? Yes. Did David Bell get the most out of this team that is humanly possible at times? Yes. All of those things can be true. But I I, I hear you, Reds fans. I've seen the comments. I, I have seen that that there is this growing growing talk amongst you of you know don't start making excuses for this team if they don't make the playoffs and i'm not i'm not going to be one of those people they failed to con- to complete their number one overall objective make the playoffs if they don't make the playoffs they failed then we can go look for the positives but i'm not going to i'm not going to be one of those people that says oh but look how far ahead of schedule they were I hear that narrative and I understand where it comes from. I, I understand the spirit that it's meant in, but at the end of the day, the the role of a major league baseball player is to win major league baseball games, to put their team into the postseason to win a championship. That's what it's all about. And if you don't do that, you failed. That's fair. I tend to think that it's not a failure. It's not an excuse making thing. I, I think that we have to, understand where the reds are coming from one team in the history of major league baseball has gone from a 100 loss season to a playoff season the minnesota twins in 2017 the reds still have the opportunity but if they miss the playoffs is it fair to say you get a failing grade for the year i'd give them a c i'm not gonna give them an f because I don't think that there's, it's not fair to change the expectations midway through the year. We were saying that 75 wins is overly optimistic. A lot of people were. Somebody bet me a Jeff Ruby's dinner on it. And then the month of June happened. The call-ups of Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and Andrew Abbott and Brandon Williamson and uh, CES and Noel V. Marte and all of these things have built the core of the team. And I feel as though if you're a major corporation, you set forth your goals before the year begins. And at the end of the year, if you look back and you accomplish those goals, do you count the year as a success? Now, did you add goals along the way that would have been cool? Sure. But if you didn't hit those goals, does that then mean that the rest of the year is now a failure? I don't think so. 
It's not going to be a pass with flying colors. We're not going to end the season and be like, boy, oh boy, the Reds get a 100 grade for the year. But they do not get a failing grade either. This is a a C C plus if they don't make the postseason. Because we know for a fact that moving forward, the postseason is expected. Make no mistake about it. There ain't a so there ain't a fiber of my being coming next year where we we talk about, well, gosh golly gee, if they didn't make the playoffs, it wasn't a failure. But this season, it's not fair to say that. It's not fair to say that if you don't make the postseason, that 2023 was a failure. No, it's exactly fair. The The whole point of this sport is to win championships. And you're talking about uh, exceeding expectations. We're talking about success failure versus expectation. Did we expect them to be? Well, no. Phil told us with a PowerPoint before the season ever started that this team wasn't going to be a playoff team, that they were out of it before opening day. So there were expectations. The Reds have exceeded expectations. But success failure has always been measured by one thing, and that's the trophy with all the little pennants on it at the end of the season. Listen, Bob Castellini bought this team way back in the early 2000s, and he said the following, that he will bring championship baseball to Cincinnati. He will build one of the most respected organizations in all of baseball. He will have greater community presence. He will rekindle the Reds Nation spirit, and he will not rest until we are happy. That's what the letter said. That's a direct quote. Uh, this team has failed time and time again, uh, and that's not going to be forgiven until I get to watch him hoist that darn trophy so I can boo him still because I will. And then I'll be happy and he'll start to have fulfilled some of these things. I know that you and I are going to spend a lot of time on this, Jeff, between the end of this season and into the off season, but I'm not going to, I'm going to die on this hill. This season is a failure if they don't make the playoffs. Really? It's a failure if they make the playoffs and don't win the world series, because that's what it's all about. Now, all that being said, Jeff, and you know, I, I'm picking at you a little bit, and, and I think people probably get that. Uh, there's a lot of exceeded expectation, the thing you're talking about. There's a whole lot of that. There's a whole lot of positivity. There's a whole lot to look forward to. I've said it time and time again. I can't wait to watch this team over the next six years. But, yeah. but I hear the people that are saying, no, it's not successful. It is a failure. And I, I agree with them. It is a failure if they don't win the World Series. And that's when we're going to end today's podcast. Thanks everybody so much for joining us before we get out of here. Don't forget. You can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of locked on Reds. Thanks so much for always making us your first listen. Even when Jeff has bad takes like that, it's a successful season, even if they don't win the world series. No, we love you guys being here. We love talking baseball with you. Thank you so much for being everydayers. Everydayers coming up on the next episode. We're going to look back at this trade deadline because I think just like today, Jeff and I are going to have a difference of opinion and we're going to reassess uh, what the Reds did and was it correct to stand Pat or not. Until we get to that, Jeff, what can everybody expect from you and me? They can expect us to be all over the injury updates. If we're going to get an interesting call up as we move into the month of September and they can expect us to be locked on Reds every single day. Hashtag Jeff loves Bob Castellini. Hashtag Jeff is realistic. How about that one? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.